On the Historian's Podcast, we're talking about the Sanford family, wealthy mill owners in Amsterdam, and their impact on horse racing. We're on the line with Victoria Takarowski, curator of the National Museum of Racing and Hall of Fame in Saratoga Springs. Hello, Victoria. Hello. You were telling me you've been uh, at the museum for about five years, and you've been uh, a curator in charge of the exhibits for several years. Uh, Coming from Amsterdam, it seems like an obvious link uh, with horse racing and the, the Sanford family. I, I guess I don't mean to ask a nasty question, like why did this take so long? But because you, but anyway, uh, why did this exhibit come about at this time? Well, actually, um, it's been discussed for a number of years. Um, in the spring of 2013, um, Scott Friars from the Friends of Sanford Stud Farm wrote to me expressing um, interest to see if we could coordinate an exhibit to tie in with the centennial running of the Sanford Stakes, which is run every year at Saratoga Racecourse, and they had their centennial running in 2014. Um, I also had received correspondence from Pierre Manigo, who is the great-great-grandson of Stephen Sanford, and mentioned that he would be interested in supporting this as well. So we met the summer of 2013 around the time of the Saratoga sesquicentennial and all the celebrations going on in town. And we started brainstorming ideas and themes and how we could tell the story of the Sanford's of Amsterdam here at the National Museum of Racing. Mm-hmm. So after two years of research and prep work and working along with the Friends of Sanford Stud Farm and members of the family, um, here we are today. I've uh, gone to see the exhibit. I, I found it uh, just, just wonderful and uh, learned some uh, things, although I've been looking at the history of uh, Amsterdam and the carpet mills and uh, horse racing to, to some extent. Re- really, really good. Um, but I, I would just like to ask you, what do you see uh, as the high points of this exhibit? Um, what I'm really excited about is exposing the national audience that we receive here to a story that had both local and national significance, being that the Sanfords were based not even like 30 miles away from Saratoga Racecourse, and just understanding the extent of the racing operation that existed there at Huracana, and also the brilliant success that the family had with a Kentucky Derby winner of George Smith in 1916, and also have being the first American owner to win the British Grand National with Sergeant Murphy. They're just such triumphs in the sport of racing. It's really great to expose that to a broader audience. And the exhibit had an impact on Facebook, some of the Amsterdam Facebook sites. Uh, And uh, I don't know if I was surprised because often Facebook takes this kind of a turn, but some of the people commenting were saying, well, that's great, but, you know, they moved their carpet mills out of Amsterdam, and this is just a a sport of, of rich people. And I guess... Uh, it occurs to me that that's probably true for many of the families that are uh, the supporters of racing. Well, you do see um, stories from all walks of life, um, and a lot of people are involved with the sport of horse racing, be it in the training aspect or um, photography, sports writers. There there really is a huge community involved in the sport. Mm -hmm. And specifically going back to the uh, Sanford uh, exhibit, I was uh, fascinated, really, uh, seeing how, uh, and I've, I've seen this in other oh, locations, but it's really kind of hit home uh, to me uh, at, the, at the exhibit. The, the Sanfords had the horse racing, uh, really, for three generations, the Stephen, uh, John, and then the second Stephen, who was known as Laddie. And Laddie was this 
um, young man of the of the 1920s. I mean, you kind of picture the great Gatsby or something like this, but very chic, very athletic. And it was it was sad in a way for me to see how Laddie aged. You know, the pictures uh, showing him uh, into the 50s and 60s. He's um, you know he's, he's different as we all uh, as we all age. But I, I guess it, it was very poignant to me to see uh, that you know see him age uh, in in your exhibit. Yeah, Laddie also had a very active life as a polo polo player for many, many years, so that could have also taken its toll. And one so thing active as a sportsman himself. One thing that struck me, and I, uh, is that when he, uh, one of the highlights for the Sanfords was his horse, Sergeant mm-hmm. Murphy, winning this huge uh, horse race in England. Maybe you can tell me more about it or what it specifically is called, but it escapes me at the moment. I mean, that made the cover of Time magazine. I mean, that's 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 something. Yes, uh, the Grand National is a major steeplechase event um, held in Great Britain. Um, the course was at Aintree, and it featured many, um, many jumps, water jumps, obstacles, and often the field would start very large, but only, I believe, only seven horses finished the year that Sergeant Murphy won. And it was just a huge field and a very grueling steeplechase race, but it, he was the um, first American-owned horse to win that event, and they were actually, we have... Um, a photograph album in the collection that we were actually able to showcase within the exhibit via a slideshow projected on the wall that shows them preparing for the race, the various jumps, the crowd, which is enormous. It's, I'm still amazed by how many people attended to view it. And also um, Laddie and Captain Bennett, the jockey, and George Blackwell, the trainer, being congratulated by the King of England himself after this. So it was a very big deal on the international scene and really put Laddie's name out there as the next generation of Sanfords and racing. Yeah, he got to beat the, the King of England. Yes. Uh, going backward to this other signal event, or an, an event that's easy for us to relate to, uh, I was going to say alas, but it's not a race that takes place at Saratoga. But uh, the Sanfords raced mainly at Saratoga, it appears, but they did have one Kentucky Derby winner in, uh, in 1916. Uh, named uh, uh, George Smith, and the trainer was uh, Holly Hughes. Holly Hughes, I believe, is in the Racing Hall of Fame, Was is he not? Yes, he is a Hall of Fame trainer. Yeah. And he was the Sanford's, one of, I believe, two uh, main trainers. I don't know if you mentioned this, but I, I could be on, uh, it seems to me that I have, I have read that George Smith, it's kind of funny to have a horse named for a person, but apparently George Smith was an early handicapper. Is that, do you know that, or I, I'm... I'm actually not familiar where the name came from itself. Yeah, but I believe that uh, you know that was the case. But um, Holly Hughes, in particular, was uh, known for training horses, or the Sanfords were uh, training horses who are are jumpers. You know, in in the steeplechase. Mm-hmm. They did have quite a strong steeplechase contingent. Um, with Golden Meadow standing out as one of their top runners, and they did win. Um, the American Grand National a few times as well, which was held, I believe, at Belmont Park. Um, but they did have a fair number of flat runners, but they did have a strong steeplechase contingent, especially in the later years. And you also uh, uh, cover, uh, maybe this goes forward again, uh, I don't know, just to set the stage one more time, mm-hmm. we've got Stephen Stanford starting the horse racing with the, his sons encouraging him, his yes. son John continuing 
uh, the horse farm, Huracana, uh, changing the name to Sanford Stud Farm after Stephen died, and then uh, Laddie, the third uh, generation, uh, operating the the stud farm, the horse farm, with his sisters. But um, there was this terrible year for the Sanfords in 1939, and you've got some pictures of that, when they had a fire, and what was it, 25 horses died? Yes, there were quite a few equine casualties that they couldn't get out, unfortunately, but it was not the best year in Sanford history. And that was also the year that John Sanford died. It was kind of a turning point for the Sanford family and just trying to regroup and continue on the tradition after such great losses. Well, and they they did continue and uh, did regroup for a while, but ultimately the the farm was sold. And in fact, what a lot of people in uh, the Amsterdam area and the region really relate to this, what was the Sanford Farm has become a major shopping area for the region. It's in the town of Amsterdam, just outside the Amsterdam city limits. Mm-hmm. A lot of people shop there. Yeah, unfortunately, it was um, developed, and most of it is now a commercial space, but the Friends of Sanford Stud Farm are still working to preserve what remains of the farm, and they've done a great job of restoring the broodmare barn right in front. Mm. So it's great to see that piece of history still standing. And you have some really poignant uh, images. I was asking... Mm-hmm. Uh, you, uh, when we were setting up the interview, when the, some of that video was taken, I gather it was taken over different periods, because for one thing that people remember is that the monuments to the horses, uh, and I, as my understanding was they weren't the gravestones, uh, the, the horses weren't buried there, Correct. but uh, Sanford had monuments to famous horses like mm-hmm. Molly Brand or, or Mohawk Two or Roundview, and they were right along Route 30, but those monuments ultimately removed, and I think most of them are, are in uh, disarray. I think there's some a pile of them in the back of the farm. Yes, the monuments were removed, but even I remember growing up in nearby uh, Fultonville seeing the monuments lined up on Route 30. Um, and the footage, um, we were lucky to receive some archival footage of the farm before it was developed, and I believe it's from the early 1970s, but Sam Hildebrandt provided that to us just yeah. to show people the extent of the operation and how large and expansive the thoroughbred breeding and racing operation was in Amsterdam. Well, I didn't realize you were from Fultonville. <laughs> had you uh, been aware of the, the Sanford farm? You obviously had seen the, uh, the monuments to the horses on Route 30. Yes, um, I, horses have always been a part of my life, and I actually remember being very young and attending a horse show that my mom was competing in at the farm back in the day. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, those memories have faded quite a bit, so it's hard to remember what it looked like. And also, you have wonderful images of all the people that are involved in horse racing. Mm-hmm. I mentioned at the beginning about the you know the wealthy families are involved in paying for it, but. Uh, this was a little village, uh, the Sanford Stud Farm, when it was in operation. And I mainly get that from uh, over the years when uh, Sam Hildebrandt's father, Lou Hildebrandt, was alive. I don't know if you had a chance to meet him, but he told uh, you know some very, again, touching sort of uh, stories about the people who lived there and, and worked there and uh, cared for the horses. Yeah, they really had a community there. And also... Um the Sanfords were known for their matinee races in the early 20th century where the mills would be shut down and everybody would be from the town city would be invited to the farm just to watch a spectacle of racing and exhibition of horses that they had before the Saratoga meet began. But it was thousands of people were in attendance and it was quite the event. And again, maybe focusing on the, the exhibit itself as we kind of get to the end of this uh, segment, the exhibit uh, is 
going to be there for a long period of time. I guess you can't really call it a permanent exhibit, but how long is it going to be there? No, um, it's a uh, two-year special exhibition, so it will be on display through the uh, December 31st, 2016, so it will still be up in honor of George Smith's um, the centennial of his Kentucky Derby win. Ah, well, that's the anniversary uh, to Mark, uh, which his victory, or George Smith's victory in 1916. And the, the exhibit uh, in, uh, includes a video, also includes a, a, a slideshow, uh, which are, you know, again, both uh, very well done, is my personal uh, remark on that. And you've got some wonderful, like, still pictures, you know, showing uh, Laddie Sanford uh, through the years. Uh, a very uh, interesting painting of the original Sanford, as far as the farm is concerned, Stephen Sanford, uh, with an umbrella. That's kind of an unusual picture. Um, It's a bit of a famous piece. It was featured in the book um, The Sanfords of Amsterdam by Alex Robb as a frontiste, and it's titled The Green Umbrella because of the large green umbrella that Stephen Sanford is holding, but you can see the outlines of the barns uh, behind him, and I was so happy to have that on loan. Um, But it's a great piece. Victoria Takarowski, curator of the National Museum of Racing and Hall of Fame, right on Union Avenue in Saratoga Springs. Thanks very much for talking with us on The Historians. Have a good day. Thank you. We're joined on The Historians by Sam Hildebrandt, one of the founders of the Friends of the Sanford Stud Farm, uh, doing a lot to preserve uh, that aspect of American history just outside the city of Amsterdam and uh, in particular working on a couple of buildings that remain. Uh, The topic now is that you have this new exhibit at the National Racing Hall of Fame in uh, a museum, National Museum of Horse Racing and Racing Hall of Fame up in Saratoga Springs. It's a great exhibit, uh, Sam. What do you see as the high points of it? Well, obviously I'm I'm, (laughs) I'm a little self-centered on it. uh, I uh, the high point for me was uh, certainly to see my dad. Um, he uh, uh, he was the person who, <clears throat> pardon me, got me interested in the Friends of Sanford Stud Farm initially, and uh, we went we worked together with a small group, a small cadre of people, and we formed the Friends. And uh, so to see him on the screen and to see some of his memorabilia there, and uh, I know that uh, he and and guys like Jimmy Malarkey and Jimmy Seymour and and uh, 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 Skip Rossi and and folks like that, the local people, Jack Wells, um, if they're looking down on this, I know they're pleased as punch. I mean, it's just a uh, a nice tip of the hat to the, the to these people because, pardon me, the the they're the they're the ones that made the stories that we want to tell and to keep alive. So. I think this is a very fitting tribute. Your dad, of course, uh, Lou Hildebrandt, who was a jockey for the Sanfords, wrote a book about those experiences, uh, Riders Up. And uh, I, I feel fortunate that I, before he passed, I was able to talk with him about his experiences there a number of times. I always loved his line because he, when he left uh, horse racing after some uh, unfortunate accidents, which does happen in the sport, yeah. he went into uh, selling uh, motor cars, and he said he went right from horses to horsepower. Yep, that's exactly right, and that was, that was kind of his catchphrase. <laughs> so, uh, but that was that was nice, and of course for me, uh, you know, having uh, done Hurricane and a little more per- historical perspective on the farm, um, and I've got a sequel coming out to that, hopefully within the next year. But uh, it just kind of refreshed my memory, and 
um, gave substance and credibility to the fact that what I had put into print, now people can actually, uh, they can't touch it, but they can certainly uh, come up to the museum and see the artifacts of uh, the the Sanford family, the Sanford stud farm, and the, the legacy that's entailed with that. And I can report, and I have an eye for this sort of thing because I have a few books of my own, they have your book prominently displayed at the gift shop. Hurricana, <laughs> I by, did hear that. <laughs> yeah, by Sam Hildebrand. Uh, we, and we did uh, talk with Victoria Tokarowski briefly about this. I've on uh, Facebook this past uh, week or two, um, when this uh, discussion came up about the new exhibit, there was a lot of positive comments, but some people were complaining, well, look, uh, the Sanford carpet mills moved out of town, and we're just talking about the uh, hobby of, uh, of rich people. Uh, but you wanted to point out that the decision to move the a carpet mill actually was from the other family that controlled Bigelow Sanford. It was no longer the just the Sanford family. That's correct. The the, the Weissmans, uh, uh, Weiss, I believe it was, uh, who were the the family that was the Bigelow side of the uh, merger. Uh, they uh, were the ones that uh, really made that decision. I mean, uh, you and I both know. Uh, that the Sanfords, uh, as I've said many, many times, from the day Stephen set foot on soil in Montgomery County, uh, he was an Amsterdamian. Uh, his heart was there. His uh, his life was there. His roots were there, as were those of his kids. Uh, certainly John, who, whom we've all heard of, he, like his dad, was a congressman. And another uh, son that we don't hear much about, and that was Will. Um, he was very important in that business. And certainly Laddie. And Laddie had some other interests, uh, uh, and uh, but he was still a member of the board of directors. But that decision ultimately was not made by the Sanfords. Hmm. Um, so you know, and as I've said many, many times, it's an it's an easy conclusion to jump to. Um, but what you have to do is uh, do a little homework and get a uh, get a little uh, more depth of information before uh, you can make that claim. I personally. Uh, feel that it was obviously it was devastating to the the community to the economy of the area, um, but it's no different than many of the other um, industries that went all the way you know Fort Plain up to Utica down back down to Schenectady and Albany. Uh, these are corporate type of things, and they may have been started by local families. Uh, you know, it'd be like saying uh, General Electric moved most of their their uh, operations uh, out of the Schenectady area. Well, let's blame it on Tom Edison. Yeah, yeah. Well, and this is—I just see it as a just a tremendous story and a tremendous aspect of the history of uh, our region, and oh, and one that you know you're doing a, a mighty job getting people to know it, but uh, it's one th- a lot of people don't know it, and having this new exhibit at uh, the National Museum of Racing will do a lot to acquaint uh, today's current horse racing community of the importance of Amsterdam. Oh, absolutely. The, uh, as a matter of fact, pardon me, I've got a frog in my throat. I'm down here in Carolina, and I, I'm in trouble breathing. Uh, the um, uh, One of the big things, the, the, the key word that uh, people look for within the organization, a certain segment of the group, um, they're looking for that exposure, and exposure is good, and hopefully exposure will lead to enough interest uh, to generate funds because we all know that uh, – uh, it does take funding to um, take on a, a project of this magnitude. Uh, but to give you an idea of exposure to folks, uh, last 
last year, uh, last August, uh, we were visited uh, by Rich Migliori, who did a piece for HRTV. And he had never been to the farm um, in his life. And he was absolutely amazed at the construction, at the size of the buildings. You know, specifically the Brood Mare Barn is where we were, but we did take a ride down the south lane and part of the north lane. Uh, and he was just absolutely amazed. And here's a, here, this is a this is a world class jockey. I mean, everybody knows them. They called him the Meg. Everybody knows Rich Migliori. So that type of um, exposure. Is I think it's going to benefit uh, our cause, um, and I think it benefits the uh, horse racing in general. Uh, you know, Stephen started. Uh, there's a there's an article in the 1908 Sentinel, I believe, and he talks about. Uh, he mentioned specifically. He said it's. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, that he felt that you didn't have to go south of the Mason-Dixon line to produce a fine thoroughbred horse. And he uh, set out to do that, and he did accomplish that task. Um, the the name Sanford is um, is not one that's uh, um, even though the the operation is defunct, uh, is not one that's uh, unknown among uh, people in racing circles and racing f- aficionados. And there are so many interesting aspects to it. <clears throat> I'm always um, intrigued, or I've always been intrigued by this story how. Uh, Stephen Sanford didn't want to put his horses into motorized vehicles, so right. they would walk them to Saratoga. Absolutely, twenty-seven miles. Uh, Lad, or Holly Hughes tells the story best. Uh, it, it's in uh, it's in my book, and it's also in the Sanfords of Amsterdam, and uh, and it's also in a nineteen sixty-one recorder article. And he talks about the fact that they would leave at between um, one and one thirty in the morning. Uh, they would go up to Top Notch, which is uh, West Galway. They would stop there for water. Then they would go to Galway. Uh, and don't forget, these weren't paved roads in those days. And uh, they would stop and switch the horses. Typically, they have 25 to 35 horses uh, that they would take over, along with a, a, a like amount of um, um, people, uh, train, or, uh, I shouldn't say trainers, but handlers. Uh, half the horses were ridden <clears throat> to Galway, and half... Uh, were led. When they got the Galway, the, those that had been ridden, they would now be led, and those that had been led would now be ridden. And mm-hmm. then they would go to West Milton, and they would go over by where, the area where it is now the uh, Saratoga Airport, and they would actually go past the section where Mary Lou Whitney lives on Geyser Road, across the, the main route, uh, and they would go through, and this is something a lot of people don't realize, that there wasn't always a golf course there. That was actually Crescent Avenue that went in front of the old Gideon Putman Hotel, and they went all the way to Nelson Avenue and took a, a left and uh, went to the stables that Stephen built in 1901. Hmm. So, and, um, and also, in terms of the involvement of people, um, and the curator from the museum uh, mentioned this as well, um, the Sanfords held special races which half the town went to from Amsterdam, and they held them uh, not at Saratoga, but at the at Hurricane Farm. That's right, and there is a misconception about that too. The one the ones that people refer to most frequently, uh, they call it he called them the matinee races. And if you look at one of the programs, and I have a couple of the programs, and there are some on display, and you've seen them over at the the museum uh, display. He says right on every program, it says given for the people of Amsterdam. Uh, and all it was was really a uh, a showcase of the horses that, that had been uh, bred, born, raised, and trained at the farm who were uh, ready to go. 
to race uh, uh, with the Sanford colors on their uh, on their back in the saddle. And well, one thing that most people don't know is that they used to run. Stephen used to run exhibition races in 1881. Uh, from 18, 1881 for a few years, and a local person, I'm sure you know Donna Rustin, has a certificate that is, uh, it's not a certificate, it's a race program, and it, it shows that in July of 1881 it was called an exhibition uh, of thoroughbred horses. And uh, in those days, Stephen was, um, they used to send their horses to Narragansett because, as you know, in the older days, uh, most of the racing was uh, steeplechase. Mm-hmm. Um, but an interesting thing, I was thumbing through uh, uh, Sanford's of Amsterdam, and uh, I found it kind of interesting. I mentioned to my wife just this morning. I said, you know, it's odd. Stephen had a couple horses he ran. One of them was Chimney Sweep, that sometimes he ran flat, and sometimes they did hurdles. So mm. <laughs> it, was, it was a little bit of everything. But the matinee races brought out uh, almost twice the amount of people who actually lived in the city of Amsterdam because he gave his people the day off and then uh, the rest of the entrepreneurs and businessmen, they didn't want to be outdone by the Sanfords, so they gave their folks the day off. So there were upwards of 20,000 people that came to those races. And it was uh, my grandfather worked there selling uh, programs and pencils. Right. The, the uh, exhibit has some, uh, to me, a very uh, telling uh, video clip showing when you guys, and by you guys I mean the friends of the Sanford Stud yep. Farm, were just starting out and had this sign on the, the, then a really forlorn building said, that said, save this barn or something like that. And you've really come <laughs> I along. I still have that sign. <laughs> yeah, you've come a long way uh, to saving Yes, we have. Barn. Yes, we have. And, uh, um, you know, most people go by and they don't realize how much is, has gone on there. Um, because what they see is what they see on the outside. The biggest thing to most people was when they see see a paint job, when the broodmare barn got painted, and now we have a small stall barn, which is called the Solomon uh, Memorial Barn for uh, Alfred Z. Solomon uh, Charitable Trust gave us the money for the restoration of that. So they see the paint job and they say, wow, look at all the work they're doing. But they don't look at all the infrastructural work, all the underpinnings, all the new uh, stud work and uh, that type of thing, but it's it's been a huge huge job, and we uh, uh, the Cusell contractors who have been with us from the third day of the project. They were uh, uh, two weeks ago at our uh, annual meeting. They were given the um, uh, holly for the uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the award, but for the for the person for the group that has supported us over the years. They've been with us for, we're going into our ninth year with those guys. And um, they're, the meticulousness with which they uh, work uh, and the detail that they put into this uh, is absolutely fascinating. And it's as much detail, I think, as was uh, applied when they uh, originally mm-hmm. built the structure. What, is, what are the goals for the uh, Friends of the Sanford Stud Farm? Well, eventually, um, eventually, what we want to do is we would like to have the infrastructure to the point where it would um, obviously have uh, certain areas of the barn would have insulation and heat, um, and we would have uh, uh, water and sewer for bathroom, kitchen facilities, and eventually we'd like to make this a, a functional visitor center, a place that could be uh, rented out uh, by people uh, for family gatherings. Uh, uh, or just just to uh, maybe, I, I hate to use the word museum, but that comes to mind really quickly. 
Um, but uh, we want to have it as a, kind of a visitor center. I mean, we are at the foothills of the Adirondacks. We're at the gateway, so to speak. And to combine that with the history of the Sanfords um, and the legacy that they've left for this area, I, I just, to me personally, I think that's an exciting thing. I'm obviously not a spokesman for the for the friends, but I've been involved enough in a, in the group that I think you know. that's. Uh, what they want to do. Well, Sam, uh, I'm uh, sorry we're yep. just about uh, out of time. Okay. I thank you very much here for joining us on the Historian's Podcast. Uh, the exhibit is at the National Museum of Racing and Hall of Fame in Saratoga Springs, and I'm sure there will be events uh, later this year uh, yep. at the uh, Broodmare Barn and the other facilities that the Friends of the Sanford Stud Farm are restoring on Route 30 just outside of Amsterdam. I'm Bob Cudmore. Thanks for listening. <laughs>